Welcome to the Everyman Sports Podcast, the show for fans, by fans. No former pros, no so-called experts, just real passionate fans. From outside on a porch to inside a living room, in the parking lot of a stadium to the dining room table, friends and families chat about their teams, their games, and what makes them cheer. This is Everyman Sports. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everyman Sports. My name is Chad. I'm the owner-operator of this podcast. Our number is 626-427-7678. That's 626-427-7678. And you can find us across social media at Everyman Sports. After a long hiatus, the the podcast is back, recording, for you to listen to. Thank you to all those who have stuck around during this hiatus. Uh, usually after the football seasons, many season that many of you know, kind of take a break. Um, but anybody who also knows me, um, and, uh, my, my day job, um, I am an educator and, uh, to say the least this year was taxing. And as you approach the end of a school year, um, everything gets very rushed and then it all of a sudden stops. So you need time to sort of pick up the pieces, take a, uh, a quick glance around at, you know, what is the most important thing. And um, as I said, I would say this past year has been taxing for me. So uh, this podcast kind of fell a little bit to the wayside. Um, but the great thing about football season is because it's weekly. And so, you know, I have my father on as guest and, you know, there's the uh, Everyman Sports Fantasy Football League to sort of keep track of. So things kind of go along at a steady pace in the in the fall and in the winter. But once spring rolls around, it's, it's a little calmer. Things like baseball season, basketball, NHL, and, and other events going on, they're sporadic and they're not as tightly needed to uh, keep track of. And like I said, for me, that was one of the things I kind of took a pause on, but it's summertime, and so now I can get back to such things, and thank you very much for joining us and joining me. Um, I'm going to start off first. When last we left you, um, uh, emotions and uh, expectations were very high as we uh, had breakfast by the bay there on opening day of 2019 for the New York Mets with... Um, Brody Van Wagenen, the new GM, former uh, player agent, uh, uttering the phrase, come get us, to the other members of the NL East. Well, it's not them who has... <laughs> this is a house that is burning from the inside. Nobody is, is lobbing things at it. The offense was looking great. They got off to a great start. Mickey Calloway, second year in a row. They fantastic out of the gate. A nice winning streak, opening day, six and zero. You know, you know, against the Miami Marlins, they couldn't do anything wrong. And then, I can't really pinpoint the moment, but it just started to fall apart. Now, I think at first, I would have to say is once they start, because as at the beginning, their new hitting coach, Chili Davis, this year, he seemed to have all the right moves. He was preaching hit the opposite way. Then all of a sudden. Late April, they stopped going the opposite way. They started pulling balls, and they just couldn't get enough offense. There was a long stretch there, about a couple weeks, 
Well, the offense was sputtering. I mean, they were scoring less than a run a game, it felt like, and they never scored more than two runs, it felt like. So all of a sudden, things just fell off and fell apart. And then, once the offense started to really clicking, and Pete Alonzo, the polar bear, became, I mean, uh, he, he's the natural. He came out of nowhere. He wasn't even that highly regarded in the Mets system until he just, last year he had a great power surge and he was hitting for average. They brought him up this year. He broke camp. And now he's sitting on close to 30 home runs, which is a Mets rookie record and just fantastic job. Um, and then Jeff McNeil, somebody who was in position, who had lost his position and was actually possibly going to get traded because there was going to be nowhere for him to play. He's challenging for the uh, NL batting title right now. He's in second. I think he's like 10, 8 to 10 batting points, percentage points behind, but still, that's impressive. And this is somebody who, he batted three fifty six last year, minor leagues and um, uh, major leagues combined last season. But he had no position coming in. So everybody was either considering him gone or thinking, well, he's not going to get a chance to hit. Well, then, first the runs didn't happen, and then the injuries started to hit, and that hit early. You know, one thing I'll say that helped all Met fans' um, concerns at first, when Brody was making these deals, he was signing a lot of infield depth. So he wouldn't have to worry about, I don't know, say somebody like um, uh, Adani uh, Echeverria being, you know, signed on a minor league contract, he being a former a major leaguer who's now signing, you know, who's playing for the uh, for the league minimum in AAA. Oh, we'll just put him there, but we won't need him because we have Jed Lowry and Todd Frazier and Robinson Cano and Ahmed Rosario and on and on and on and on and on. And Lu- Luis Guillermo and... All these other names, and J.D. Davis, a former minor league batting champ. So then what happens? Todd Frazier gets injured. And Jed Lowry, who has not even stepped on the field, I don't think, since he got injured in spring training. And, oh, by the way, look, now Jeff McNeil has room to to play. Because then, uh, not long after, Brandon Nimmo went down for a while. He's still down as of this recording. So, we, oh, Jeff McNeil can play the outfield. And then Yoannis Cespedes broke his ankle in what is being called a, because he's a farmer now. You know, he used to be a golfer, and now he's like, oh, I'll just be a farmer. I'll ride horses. And he, we still don't know. He, he broke his ankle on the farm. Everybody's concern is, was it a horse riding accident? And we're still not clarified on that. Was he getting on the horse? Was he getting off the horse? He apparently just put his foot in a big hole, and he broke his ankle. This is a guy who's coming off double heel surgery because he's got calcification in the bottom of his heels. By the way, he smokes like a pack a day. Anyway, so just everything's going wrong. Everything's going, but Jeff McNeil's got plate appearances. This is great. The pitching, the vaunted pitching staff. Noah Syndergaard and DeGrom and Wheeler and Matson. Oh, right, Jason Vargas is there, too. Well, by the way, Jason Vargas right now is their best pitcher. And Jacob DeGrom, look, last year was a waste of a season for the Mets. If the Mets had scored at least one run in every one of Jacob DeGrom's 2018 starts, 
he would have gone 30 and 0. 30 and 0. But no. So that's a waste of a season. A guy who pretty much had the best season since Bob Gibson in the National League, and that was 1968. Ever since then, this is the best. And last year was a waste of a season, and he comes back. Well, he cannot. He can't be expected to do the same thing, and that's that's what's happening. He's 4-7 and seven with a 3.32 ERA. It's Look, the ERA and the whip, 1.10, walks and hits per inning. That's nothing to sneeze at. The record, not so much. Uh, everybody else is encroaching upon 5. You know, Zach Wheeler has a 4.51 ERA. Noah Syndergaard, Thor, the man who decided, you know, it's funny, Jacob deGrom is telling Noah Syndergaard, man, I cut my hair, and it feels great. I don't have to worry about that anymore. But unfortunately, Noah Syndergaard has a moniker, and he has a brand to upkeep. So what does he do? He does this weird half-man bun thing for his first couple starts where he doesn't just tie in a ponytail. It's an off-the-side ponytail, but it's a half-ponytail. Like, the, it's, it's a, I don't know. Well, he got rid of, he stopped doing that. It hasn't made him pitch any better because, boy, he was not doing well early in the season. Mats is a third starter, fourth starter. And Jason Vargas, a guy who, like, why do we still have him? He's, he's washed up. He's 36. He was terrible last year. Why can't we sign somebody like Dallas Keuchel, a former Cy Young Award winner? He's asking for a lot of money. Oh, well, we got Jason Vargas. What do we have to worry about? Well, Jason Vargas has been doing good. And then as the losing continued this season, and then as the pitching wouldn't keep up with the hitting, once the hitting got back on, on it, uh, onto you know, firm ground, the pitching, specifically the bullpen. And you've heard about it. You've heard about the terrible bullpen. 20 blown saves. By the way, the Mets are, let's see, the Mets are nine games under five hundred. So if they would have, at even, let's say half, They've only blown 10 of those saves. Okay, they'd be in over 500. They'd still be in this race, and they wouldn't be in fourth place. I mean, night after night, it's another blown save. Nobody can be trusted, not even the closer. Which brings it all back to Brody, and specifically the Wilpons. Here's Brody Van Wagenen. Let's get a lot of infield depth. Great. What about the bullpen? Uh, we'll sign your old closer, Jerry's Familia. And uh, this other guy from the Cubs, Justin Wilson. Pretty good lefty. Great. We have a pretty solid bullpen. Justin Wilson goes down. Oh, right. Jerry's familiar, the guy who, who gave up a three-run homer in the uh, NL wild card game in 2008. Or no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Going way far back. 2016. Yeah, well, he's back and he, he's terrible. So he can't be trusted. Oh, right. He's injured. Wow. Surprising. And then... Just nobody's working out well. Robert Gazelman, this was a guy who last year flourished in his bullpen role. And Seth Lugo, who had been the only one who we could trust on, but now <laughs> he's getting used to any, every because you're the only one who can be trusted, so you're the only one that we, we feel safe going out there. Well, he's not Superman. He can't be expected to hold the lead every night. You're right, these guys are getting paid money. Why would Why on earth would they do their job correctly? And then comes Edwin Diaz. He of 25 years old, a guy who 56 saves last year. He gave up, I think, a total of 24 runs all of last year in over, you know, 
50 innings. Well, by the way, he's pitched 32 innings, and he's given up, I mean, 17 runs. I mean, it's it's terrible. He's 1-5 with a 4.78 ERA, and this was a guy who was blown away. Sugar? Diabetes, I think, is should be his nickname because he's bloated. It's just very hard because I've dealt with losing seasons. I've dealt with collapses. But you, you, Brody Van Wagenen, and specifically the Wilpons, you got my hopes up way too high. And that hurts a lot. Not just me, but a lot of Met fans. Every Met fan. Who am I kidding? Because the offense looks great. And here is, you know, two All-Star nominations for both um, Alonzo and McNeil. And yes, DeGrom's there too. He has been pitching better, and he has a pedigree. So he's going to the All-Star game. So three All-Stars from this team. The Mets have the worst record out of all of the teams that have sent three. And not by just, oh, they're, they are by far the worst. All the other ones are over 500. And so it all goes back to the Wilpons and the fact that they are not willing to spend the money. Or they can't. Because is it the Madoff stuff? Are you nervous? Because remember, the only people who made money off the Madoffs off, off, you know, the Bernie Madoff pyramid scheme, the Ponzi scheme. They were the only ones, which is why they got named in a lawsuit, because everybody else lost money except the Wilpons. Sure, they've been cleared in one way or another, and they say, well, we've paid off, so now we don't have to. Okay, but so where's the money that you're going to put into this team? Because you've put money into this team before, by the way, this is being recorded on Bobby Bonilla Day. We're giving $1.13 million to Bobby Bonilla until he's the age of 72. By the way, he's 56 right now. Thank you. So, and look, we can re-examine the deal. In the end, you know, basically by doing that deal, it gave us David Wright. However, David Wright does not have a ring and we're still paying in any case it's just very hard to see that we need we need bullpen help Craig Kimbrell who you know not really smartly that everybody kind of agreed with wanted to be the highest paid reliever of all time something in the range of like 30 million dollars per year no, no. But nobody wanted to sign him because then you lose a draft pick. And in the M- and Major League Baseball now, draft picks are everything. By the way, have I mentioned that when Brody got Robinson Cano, who I think his, his batting average is under my weight? Yeah, it definitely is. I'll let you look that up. I'm not... A lady never tells. So Robinson Cano... And Edwin Diaz, Robinson Cano, has a OPS, on-base percentage plus slugging, of 653. <laughs> the major league average is about 750. 
And then you have Edwin Diaz. I've already told you his stats, and I already told you what he did last year. It's terrible. And they gave up. They, they, Brody traded two, two of their old draft picks, one of which is probably going to be the next Mike Trout to, to the Mariners just to get these two guys. And oh, by the way, they also traded away Jay Bruce, who's now in the Phillies, who's raking, who's absolutely dominating. But no, we got rid of him because why Why would he perform in New York? That's that's not going to happen. I know this is a rant, but it's the only it's the only way to get it out. And you've probably heard of a thousand thousands of these. I know one of the guys at Barstool Sports is a big Met fan, and and just all these all these other Met fans are just we're commiserating because it's never felt like this. And then the embarrassments because it's it's just it just happens. The embarrassments go down. First, it was Ioannis Suspidis breaking his ankles, and then it was. Mickey Calloway cursing off a reporter because he didn't like the way he said, see you tomorrow, Mickey. Hey, them fighting words. What? You can tell that the pressures of New York are getting to, you know, this this former pitching coach, who, by the way, his pitchers are not good, are getting, the pressure's getting to him. And then <laughs> the aforementioned Jason Vargas decides to take that as a challenge to stand up for his manager and say he's going to knock some, knock that same reporter out, and try to chase, try to go after him. Oh, and he's not going to be on the team next year. That uh, you know, insider sources, because he's got a uh, an expiring contract, so he's not going to get picked. That that club option's not going to get picked up. So you're telling me that we didn't really need Jason Vargas, and that there's Dallas Keuchel out there. When we need a better starter, Dallas Keuchel, you couldn't sign him. We need a better bullpen. Craig Kimbrell is out there, and you can't sign him. So it's embarrassment after embarrassment. They celebrate the 1969 team, the championship team, the Miracle Mets, and two, albeit forgettable players, one guy who made one start coming up from the minor leagues and then went straight back down, another one they got from the Seattle Pilots in the July, in the July trade, and he was gone by December. They were both alive, and they were put the uh, in memory of segments so the embarrassments just start to roll in and now this team that was supposed to challenge the NL East was supposed to be this this infighting of great teams four four of them the Braves the Mets I mean, uh, the Nationals and the Phillies, you know, Phillies signed Harper, and they got all these guys, and the Nationals have shares and all these young players. And the Mets, of course, Marlins are down there at the bottom, and the Braves are the defending champ. Well, right now the Braves, the Braves are running away with it. Because aside from Jay Bruce, Phillies have done nothing. That includes Bryce Harper. He's not even going to make, he, he's not, he did not make the All-Star team, which tells you something. The Nationals have just as bad a bullpen as the Mets do. But their starting pitching is just a little bit better. And then there's the Mets. And now we go into sell mode, which... See, the other problem is, is going back to the Wilpons. They can get better, better prospects and better players back if they pick up some of the money that's left on these contracts, 
Well, pawns don't do that. And so the Mets are going to get nothing for expiring contracts. They're just going to get minor league fodder. And then we're going to have to do this all over again in free agency, which, by the way, the Wolpons will not put money up for. And so there's Brody, who maybe we didn't need to sign Jed Lowry. You know, they're already calling the Cano-Diaz trade one of the worst and it's not getting better. And so it's sad. Meanwhile, across the way, the Yankees have dealt with injury after injury. Judge going down, Stanton going down, all this stuff. And their signings have turned out fantastically. DJ LeMayhew, who was supposed to be just a backup infielder, he's leading the American League in hitting. Because remember, they had D.D. Gregorius go out. They had... Miguel Andujar go out before the season even started. They both needed surgery. So they needed just guys to fill in. They signed Troy Tulowitzki. Oh, let's give it a shot. Nope, he's down. So we have to, okay, let's let DJ LeMahieu hit every day. And he's hitting every day. And he's an all-star. Gosh, we now we're down another infielder. Boy, let's bring up this guy. I've never, Gio Urshela? He's an afterthought from the Indians. He's, he's batting amazingly. Luke Voigt, who came over from the Cardinals, he's doing amazingly. Clint Frazier, aside from his fielding and how people view him, he was doing really well. And then they went off and made a trade for Enwin Encarnacion, by the way. Enwin Encarnacion, one of the league leaders in home runs from the Mariners. So everything's going the Yankees' way. They know how to deal, you know, they, they know how to overcome these injuries. And right now, they have the second best record in baseball. Dodgers are still ahead of them in that respect. The big surprise this season has been the Minnesota Twins. They've been doing it with not much. Um, they've been doing it with good pitching, timely hitting. Um, you know, they're big. The big one that's come through with them is Eddie Rosario. You know, he's leading that he's, well, he was, he's on the, he's on the injured list now, sorry. But, I mean, 20 home runs, 60 RBIs, 282 average. He's been leading that team. Nelson Cruz has been a a big signing for them. I mean, they've just been doing it really, really well. They've been getting some really good pitching. Jake uh, Odorizzi and Jose Barrios. They have a a strong bullpen. Taylor Rogers at the end of that. So, yeah, some surprises. But others, you know, Houston... Cubs, the Dodgers, all those teams are at the top of their their respective divisions. But not the Mets. So now I have to look forward to football for, for real. And I have to look forward to, uh, aside from not, I don't like the new jerseys. I think we've kind of talked about that. They don't look good for the Jets. Um, they remind me too much of the uh, early 90s uniforms. I'm not a big fan, but if they win 10 games in it, what do I care? Now they have a big turnaround. Uh, they drafted Quinnen Williams, defensive tackle from Alabama, who they said was the overall the best player, you know, just overall tools. Kyler Murray goes first. The Cardinals, we all know that was going to happen. And then Nick Bosa, you know, goes to San Francisco. So they look primed and ready if um, Garoppolo comes back healthy. Um, 
And then the Giants went and get went ahead and got another quarterback. This time they got uh Daniel Jones. Uh at the number six position at a Duke, because you know Duke's a big powerhouse football school. But there he is. So and <laughs> You've seen the pictures. He looks exactly like Eli. You've seen the memes where, oh, look, at he looks like the actor who plays Eli Manning in the Eli Manning movie or in the Peyton Manning movie. So, yeah. Uh, a couple other quarterbacks went in that draft. Dwayne Haskins, if the Redskins put him out there to begin with, start of the season, that's not a good idea. Um, yeah. Yeah, the Oakland Raiders had a good draft. They had a couple picks in that early round. Yeah, so over but there weren't there weren't too many shocks and surprises. Really, Daniel Jones was the biggest shock and surprise that that would happen. Um that he got picked so high. And then of course the free agency. I mean, the Jets put a lot of money into their defense, uh, CJ Mosley, and they almost signed um Anthony Barr, uh, outside linebacker from Minnesota, and then he reneged on that. So I'm like, oh, okay. But then the big signing, of course, was Le'Veon Bell. And now the Jets have Le'Veon Bell, which finally they went out and they spent that money and they got somebody big, and that was that's exciting that they were able to do that. But because my baseball team is dysfunctional, so is my football team. And the general manager, Mike McCagnan, he gets fired after the draft because him and Adam Gaze, by the way, Adam Gaze, formerly of the Miami Dolphins, made the playoffs just one year. All of a sudden is the new Lombardi because he touched Peyton Manning on the shoulder one time. He won a power struggle because, as reports say, McCagnan spent too much money, which, by the way, they had a lot of money under the cap, so if you're going to use it or lose it, they spent too much money on Le'Veon Bell. That's right. They spent too much money on Le'Veon Bell. And that... <laughs> I can't believe... It. That um, That uh, Gaze didn't want Le'Veon Bell. No. No, he did not want Le'Veon Bell. He wanted um, Tevin Coleman. He wanted Tevin Coleman to be their main running back, who is basically Bilal Powell. Oh, by the way, they they also resigned Bilal Powell. So they, and then of course Le'Veon Bell gets uh, uh, gets robbed um, from his house by. Let me get this straight: two naked women that he left in his house, who were in his house. He knew they were there. And he knew why they were naked. And then he left to go to practice. And they just stole his stuff. Mainly jewelry and whatnot. How do we know that they were naked? Because when they asked for a description, he said, I don't know. I don't know what they look like because I only saw them with their, with their clothes off. So dysfunction all the way around. Um, I will say, uh, Detroit, I think... Did really well this offseason, the Lions. They signed defensive end Trey Flowers from the Patriots, and then they also took uh, a tight end, a really good one, uh, J.T. Hawkinson from Iowa, 
he that could I think Detroit could really do well with those with those moves. Nick Foles goes down to Jacksonville. They finally have a quarterback that they finally have a quarterback. Let's just put it that way. Um, so yeah, so you know it's the summertime. We're getting very close. Hey, it's almost time for uh, for hard knocks, and I know the Raiders are going to be a part of that. But right now it's very quiet after the draft and after the mad rush for for the free agents. Now it's just a quiet time, which is perfect because that's when the NBA Finals and the NHL playoffs were happening. Uh, new NBA champs, of course, the Toronto Raptors, uh, four games to two over the injured, uh, very injured and decimated uh, Golden State Warriors. I mean, they lost, gosh, they lost Durant. Um, Thompson went down, especially in that game six. Nothing worked out well for them. And quite frankly, it was amazing that he, they even got that far. Because Houston almost put, you know, almost took them to the limit. The Clippers almost took them to the limit too, even though it was four games to two, and both got close. You know, I feel bad for Houston. You know, from all the reports, Chris Paul and James Harden—they're falling apart down there. They had their chances here, and they fell through. But Kawhi Leonard, boy, first on San Antonio, now in Toronto. He was pretty much able to put those teams on his back. and he, two, Now he's a two-time finals MVP, two-time NBA champion. Um, it was, uh, you know, in Philly, they have the, uh, the process, but the process is not working out right now. And they just fell short in that conference semifinal against Toronto. And Milwaukee, too, the Greek freak. Just couldn't get over that hump. So, Toronto Raptors, congratulations. You are the new NBA champs. And it seems like the Golden State dynasty is starting to go away. And free agency hit. And, well, Durant, even with his torn Achilles, he's gone. Now he's in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving, which everybody said for a long time. Well, Kyrie and Durant, they're friends. So wherever Kyrie goes, Durant's going to go. And Irving was not even on the Knicks' radar. Not even for a second. Every report was he's going to the Nets, was Kyrie Irving, and he went to the Nets. And then we all of a sudden we should be surprised when we knew he, Durant was going to follow Kyrie, that he follows Kyrie. But it was also just how embarrassing for the Knicks. Don't forget the Knicks had the worst record in the NBA, and they only got the third pick because of the, uh, the lottery. And the Pelicans, with all their Anthony Davis uh, issues, they get the first pick. Which is now, which turned out to be Zion Williamson, which everybody figured it would be, but and they still trade Davis, but they trade Davis to the Lakers for, I mean, a king's ransom, Lonzo Ball and protected picks, and I mean, it's going to be the Lakers are going to have Anthony Davis, LeBron, Kyle Kuzma, and that's it. Like really, it's going to be three on five every night. Now maybe that'll work out for them. I don't know, but let's not. Let's not say that all of a sudden Anthony Davis went to a uh, an immediately a better situation. There's no guarantee. I know they won't be. Lakers aren't going to be the worst team in the league, but you know, you want to take a big step up and win titles. Uh, maybe you should have gone to the East. Because right now the East is pretty wide open. You know, you're going to see the same, these pretty much these same teams in the playoffs. At least the top four. 
likely top five in the East again. You're going to see Milwaukee. You're going to see Toronto in, next year in the playoffs. You're going to see Philly. You're going to see, and I think you're going to see the Nets. Remember, they were only a six seed. Could stay that way or go up. You're going to see Boston. Boston knows how to run the team. They know how to make the playoffs. After that, the other three, who knows? I know it's not going to be the Knicks. They don't have anybody. And they made a good draft pick in uh, RJ. But not much after that. Then, of course, also the NBA, uh, I'm sorry, the NHL Finals, the Stanley Cup. St. Louis Blues, after losing... The Rams finally hoist another championship over the Boston Bruins. I, I, I'll be honest, I wanted the Bruins to win. Talked extensively about my love of the original six teams and seeing them succeed. And really, Boston kind of got upset because of some bad officiating and calls that went St. Louis's way, and they just couldn't capitalize. They took them to seven games, but they couldn't overtake them in their own, in their own building too, by the way, in Boston. Man, St. Louis um, overcoming the the Winnipeg Jets and the Stars and San Jose was on a run at the end of the in the playoffs, but they couldn't overtake them. And Boston pretty much had a bit of a well, aside from some stumbles early in the playoffs. You know, seven game seven against the Maple Leafs and a game six against Columbus Blue Jackets. They walked right over Carolina, so maybe that maybe that time off. May have affected them, but who knows? And then, of course, you had the um, Kentucky Derby, which was run, which was won by Country House, but then he took off the Preakness Stakes, first time since '96 that the winner of the Kentucky Derby did not run in the Preakness Stakes. And um, so he had three separate winners for three for all three races. Uh, he didn't even run in. Uh, the Belmont Stakes either. So kind of made for a disappointing um, Triple Crown season this year. So, yeah. So that's about it. Just kind of wanted to catch up on everything before we get back into um, back into our recording schedule. Uh, putting it out early, letting letting listeners know, the Everyman, Everyman Sports Fantasy Football League will be back for the, uh, for the fall. Um, so yeah, so I hope everybody's having a good summer. I hope you continue to have a good summer. Happy fourth. And, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Andrew, it's been a while, so please take it away. This has been another episode of Everyman Sports. The show's music is Cold Funk by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under CC Attribution 3.0. Everyman Sports can be found on Facebook.com, where you can like it to receive updates and news. Visit Everyman Sports in the iTunes store to leave a review of the show. Also, Visit everymansports.podbean.com directly to comment and support. Everyman Sports can be contacted directly at everymansports at gmail.com.